there's no use trying to tell anybody. Lock us up and throw away the key. We'd spent a long time on the road, northwest mostly. It wasn't hard to pick up his trail. Places he'd been always looked the same. It wasn't the first time the tall man had left one of his calling cards. That one was the worst so far. We must know we're on his trail because that hunchback apparition looked just like the girl in Mike's head. We're moving east toward the state line. There's one more town, Paracord. We don't wake up in the coroner's bed. And uh, I'm your host, <laughs> Travis Maxwell Boone, the herbal enchanter, um, enjoying some blueberry kush tonight, um, courtesy mm. of that that sweet, sweet legal Delta 8. Gotta love that fucking molecule removed. And I'm joined by uh, the man whose presence that we are graced with, and it's in his honor that we do these types of episodes We've got a bunch of annual shit we've been doing. I kind of dig this annual Halloween, annual horror subgenre deep dive, and now an annual review of one of his favorite franchises. Your boy, Kaboy. False Cult Rick, also known as Stephen Kingpin. Yeah. Did I did I do it again? No, no. I just wanted to bring it back. That's okay. All. I don't I don't remember my I don't remember my rapper name, dude. And it's kind of the fuck out of me. And we came either. up with a good one. Yeah. Well, fuck it. And so in honor of another gentleman's presence who is gracing us this evening, a return special guest. He's not the most favorited, beloved special guest. He's not Jarek Thibodeau, but you know what? We, we, we love him just, just the same. He just doesn't yes. have the same moniker. We, we just, fuck, you know, Jarek's getting teased with his ugly dog that has my, my name. Tonight, we've got hardcore fucking extraordinaire, the rapper, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Corey Clark. Poltergeist OD, a.k.a. Boogie Down. <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> uh, Sneaky Pete. <laughs> Sneaky no. Pete. Is the Boogie Down, is the Boogie Down the fucking Reggie hat? Yeah, boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. That was see, the see. first thing I wanted to talk about. Hell yeah. Oh, I've looked I'm for glad. that hat so much, so many times. Like, I'm just like, going to get one made, fuck it. Yeah. 
Someone on Etsy somewhere is going to be able to do it for us. I I, I love that, that that's what the fucking hat said. I'm glad I noticed it this time around. Um, yeah, oh, and speaking of Reggie and his hat, tonight we're going to be talking about the second film in the Phantasm franchise, Phantasm 2. Last year, around this time, we covered the original Phantasm. We even performed a seance, yeah. resurrecting one Angus Scrim. Yes, he we was did. kind enough to join us and to haunt us for yeah. quite a while. Um, he still haunts me to this day. No seance tonight. That's not what we're what we're trying to do. Uh, <laughs> this evening we have something I think a little interesting. Ricky and I were talking before the show, and the conversation went all over the place. And eventually, we started doing something that I think a lot of horror nerds do, which is pin certain horror icons against one another. Sure. So, for anyone out there who who, who isn't familiar, uh, Poltergeist OD, Mr. Corey Clark, our guest tonight, is a fantastic rapper who's got a fucking amazing set list on. Uh, well, you can find him on Amazon, iTunes, or well, it's Apple now. Um, I'm old. YouTube, mm-hmm. where where there's accompanying music videos, you know, Spotify. Seek seek this man out. His music is fucking amazing. And, Hell yeah! Uh, he happens to rap about a lot of different horror icons. So tonight we're gonna have a poltergeist throwdown, or yes. a poltergeist, down. A, a poltergeist boogie down. A what? boogie oh, down. No, I'm Sir Erickson. Yeah, <laughs> I like when he reverses it. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I've got questions though. We got twelve combatants, twelve slots. Because you have, well, you've got 13 songs, horror-related, horror and you've got two Goosebumps songs, right? Yeah. So what I need clar- clarification on is we're going to take every icon that you have rapped about and we're going to have them fight, all right? And we're all going to give our, our opinions here on, like, who do we think would win, perhaps why, maybe even how the scenario would play out, whatever whatever you want. But it's it's their baseline, one character... We can't have all the fucking Martians from Mars Attacks flying around in saucers shooting people with lasers and shit, okay? Because it took some trailer park hick to figure out that this old music is going to blow their heads up. We're, we're the, the, the yodeling or whatever right, the fuck. Right, right. That, so, that crazy frequency or whatever. So that... it would be like just one Mars Attacks alien, one gremlin. Correct. So okay. we're going to do, we're going to do, so for Goosebumps, what's our stand in monster? I wanted to ask uh, you poltergeist what is the stand-in for goosebumps because it's your song and i want to uh defer to you damn that's hard take take a second i'm going to run down the list we've also got michael myers from halloween we've got uh the tall man our 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 fucking titular character for for tonight's midnight ritual from the phantasm franchise we've got a martian we're gonna have one martian from mars attacks act act one gremlin (laughs) from gremlins um, whether it be the new batch, so it could be you could choose one of the mutant gremlins, you know, uh, if you. If I like you, the smart one. I like the prostitute. Yeah, the, yeah, that one's red too. <laughs> <laughs> we got Norman Bates from Psycho, Pumpkinhead from Pumpkinhead, Durr, uh, Chucky from Child's Play, Ghostface from Scream, Angela Baker from Sleepaway Camp, and Motherfucking yeah. Motherface, which is the newest track from yeah. uh, Corey Clark. I just want to ask, man, is it Dracula or Nosferatu? Which one is from the uh, 
They Call Me, right? That's the name of the song, They Call Me. Oh, in the video? It's three different movies. It's The Vampire, uh, Dracula, and oh, uh, and Nosferatu, yeah. Right on. And which which one do you want to have be the uh, the combatant here tonight in this fucking boogie down? Nosferatu. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. He, looks boy. he looks too gnarly not to have in there. Plus, he yeah, was on SpongeBob SquarePants. Was he? Yeah, yeah. They, I they never have saw a, that one. There's a cool, creepy horror uh, or Halloween SpongeBob episode where they're held up at the Krusty Krab and the power goes out. <laughs> um, He's in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark as well. Oh, yeah. shit. That's a, that's a good Canadian anthology show right there. Yeah, yeah. If Yo, you like Goosebumps, on. check it out. So uh, which Goosebumps? I thought Slappy the Dummy, but I'm like, man, he's, he's kind of weak. Yeah, I was thinking Slappy too, but what about like the Abominable Snowman of Pasadena? Oh yeah, he he. That's a that's a uh, imposing figure there. My that, vote that, is that, for yeah. Jack Black. Yeah, or, or, yeah. Or, or just Arl Jack Stein Black himself. the actor. Yeah, or, oh. <laughs> just Jack Black the actor. Okay, so he's over there like shlagadidi. Yeah, he's just gonna cage. Go now, count one, two, three. Incarnacio. Oh, wrong movie. That's um, the best. Yeah, that is the best. <laughs> All right, so here we go, guys. We've got twelve combatants facing off in this fight. And I, I, I ran through them real quick. Again, we've got Michael Myers, Dra- uh, Nosferatu, the tall man, a Martian from Akak Mars attacks, a Gremlin, Norman Bates, Pumpkinhead, Chucky, Ghostface, Angela from Sleepaway Camp, Leatherface, and Jack Black. All right. What the fuck is gonna go down in this in the in this scenario? Who do you think comes out on top in this scenario? And I do want to say, Ricky, I know where I think your argument's gonna go. Mm-hmm. So like like how I said, there's one combatant. Mm-hmm. There's only one tall man. Okay. So I got you. So we see we know some of his powers from the films, right? But he's not gonna be able to because uh, Corey, part of our our prior conversation that led to this idea was that. Let's say, like, we were just throwing all the most badass horror guys into a fight that we could think of, and heroes, so Ash and Reggie were in there. But when we thought about it, like, the end game, we, uh, Ricky, Ricky said that there would be a, uh, what you called it, a, a stalemate? Like a stalemate between, like, Pinhead and, and the Tall Man, I think. Because I think they would just be locked in an eternal cycle of killing each other. <laughs> yeah, every time Basically. the Tall Man dies, another Tall Man it, it comes through the portal. And every time Pinhead technically dies, he gets he just gets sent back to his version of hell to Leviathan. So he comes back later. Yeah. Well, fit that into an argument. Like what what would Pumpkinhead do? I don't know, man. I mean, well, because isn't Pumpkinhead like an eternal demon of vengeance? But would you have to use somebody's blood to summon him? So what if they were just like not giving think- the blood up? I think for Pumpkinhead, we'll give him the the out that someone has summoned him via a blood oath with that witch in the woods <laughs> i'm just hearing your song in my head um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think someone gives up the blood and his goal is you have to kill all 11 combatants so his, okay. his his blood oath is tied to trying to win this fight so that's why he's got his motivation in my opinion yeah um, i'm torn i'm torn between that and uh and the tall man so you think a single tall man could handle up on and I want to say I'm picking from my Michael Myers in my version of this the cosmic Michael Myers <laughs> Halloween kills 
I mean, yeah, yeah. If it's if it's just Tall Man, because like he does have powers, but Michael Myers is he's fucking unbeatable. Right. Seems that way. I mean, it really does. Ambassador. No. Okay. <laughs> oh, <God>. um, <laughs> chapter after chapter, man. Chapter after chapter. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jack Black's got no. Okay, who's got no chance? I'm gonna say Angela Baker. Angela has no, uh, has no Norman chance. Bates. Norman has no chance. Ghostface probably no real chance. I mean, yeah, because isn't Ghostface yeah. always usually like a fucking teenager? So he's yeah. just a guy, and he stumbles and bumbles all over the place. So he, right. he would get killed. I think I think Leatherface would easily just chop him in half. I think yeah. Leatherface. I think I think out of our slashers alone, Leatherface and Michael would easily handle up on all these other yeah. slashers. I think gr- I think Leatherface is a little too clumsy. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. if if you're going if you're going with OG Leatherface, he is a bit of a klutz. But if you're going with the remake Leatherface from 2003, I think he's more intense. Although he does like stand there and get his arm cut off with repeated strikes from a fucking hatchet, I believe. But like, he's is he as is he as intense as Michael? No. Though, no, no, no. The Michael from Halloween Kills is, in my opinion, the most intense Michael I've ever seen. And if that's the one we're going to base this off of, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's pretty it's fucking pretty, brutal. It's it, Leatherface. Yeah. We, and, and I love Leatherface. Don't get me wrong. It's my boy. Oh, yeah. But I think Michael would handle him. So, okay. All in agreement, the, the, the slasher at the end of this fight is going to be Michael. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Jack Black's dead. Um, <laughs> no, Jack Black. Jack Black's under the ring. Under the ring, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a battle royal. I love it. Fuck yeah, he's hiding. All right, yeah. So he's <laughs> he's down there with he his survives, guitar. but he doesn't win. <laughs> how did how how did okay? A gremlin would get taken out. Um, oh, easily. Now, okay, here's a wild card in my opinion, Chucky. If Chucky can yeah. manage to kind of sneak sneak his way around the fight for a little while and maybe get get his spell in on one of the kind of more uh injured or fallen of the of the combatants yeah like if he could take possession of michael himself then yeah maybe but like i don't think michael's going down for a second no no well he well he could go down for a second but he'll come he'll come right he'll come back before the adue dimbala and i want to say everyone out there go go check out um the song chucky because the way you describe how this motherfucker has been killed in every kind of way and keeps coming back. He's relentless as fuck, dude. He's relentless yeah. as, as all get out, really. Chuck Chucky's a bad motherfucker. But in the grand scheme of all this, yeah, he, he wouldn't in my opinion, I don't think he'd survive the, the long fight. I feel like most of those guys could just pick him up and fucking throw him somewhere and just buy themselves some time yeah. to fight the other guys. Yeah, the tall man would pick him up and face fuck him in his stitches and that would be it. <laughs> there would be so there'd be spears flying around. Pumpkinhead would pick him up and then drop him from somewhere really high. <laughs> yeah, over and over. Just oh, beat him against gosh. the fucking tree. We need a more brutal Pumpkinhead movie. I'm just. Gonna... I agree. I agree. That. Oh yeah. Know, it's it's definitely overdue. Well, there's I, a remake uh, coming. Oh yeah? yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. This sounds fucking awesome. I, I love I love the first one, but my only my only critique really is that. I was like, man, I was expecting something with all the with all the badass, you know, puppetry and practical shit. And I was like, man, there's gonna be some great gore and great kills. And and I feel like he kind of just drops everyone from high up. I, 
I don't I don't know if we that's some darkness falls bullshit right there. Yeah, I don't it kind of bummed me out. Not gonna lie. We talked about this on an episode, but what we need is a pumpkin head literally picking people up, ripping them in half, their intestines being thrown yeah, around like the that's Sasquatch what I wanted. Not in the demon. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to yeah, see him just take kids. a big fucking. I want to just see him take a big swipe and just chop somebody in half with his just his arm. Yes. I thought you were gonna say I want to see him take a big shit on someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. Dude. In the beginning of the movie, those kids are picking on that one kid, and they're like, "Yeah, he twists the uh, such and such his head off like a bottle cap and drank all his blood." And I'm like, like in that moment, I'm like, "Yes, that is what I want to see in this movie." And yeah, I didn't show get don't, it. Show don't fucking tell. Yeah. Anywho, okay. that's not what so, this is about. <laughs> Tangent. But, 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 but let's but let's let's bring in our last three that we haven't touched on, which is um, the tall man, Pumpkinhead, and Nosferatu. With with Pumpkinhead, he's he's walking around. He's probably throwing some of the smaller characters, just oh, smashing yeah. them all over the place. Now there's spears flying everywhere. There's Jawas running around because that's well, part of the tall man. That's part of his like his 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 thing. He's that's his little minions. He's got those guys. He's got at least like. Well, no, that goes against the rule of one combat. It goes against the rule. I mean, I'd say the spears, so, sure, but like a bunch of other little bodies around is something different. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, I'll, I'll back off on that. But yeah, the spears, because everyone's got to have their weapons. Um, but I mean, like, other if, than that, he's just kind of got like the telekinesis and yeah, whatever spe- other technology if those he has. Fucking hit one of those guys. I mean, like it depends. Like Pumpkinhead, I feel like would just rip it right out. Like the tall man does. I yeah, I was just thinking it would be like I, I has no brain. I is demon. You know. Like, do you think I, a Pumpkinhead? Do you think if he could grab a hold of the tall man, he could kill him? Oh, I'm sure he could rip him to shreds. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess we're all maybe maybe we could all try to come together on a consensus here instead of each one we think would win. Maybe, but but I'm but I'm down for that too. Um, cause I have an opinion, but, but it's kind of slowly starting to change a little. Oh shit. So if, if, if do you think Pumpkinhead would throw the spear away, if he could get close enough to the tall man, I don't know how strong the tall man's telekinesis is. Right. Can he lift Pumpkinhead with it and throw him? Cause. Yeah. Like it works on humans, but Pumpkinhead's not a human. He's a demon. Right. Mm-hmm. Not only is he much larger, but he's also something that's not earthly. So right. maybe it's. Maybe it works different. I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns, especially in the tall man's powers. Yeah. Okay, so at this point, let's say the final four is Michael Myers, Nosferatu, the tall man, and Pumpkinhead. Oh, we haven't touched on the Martian. He's got a laser gun. A a pretty rad laser gun. Yeah, yeah, it turns people into fucking bones. It literally just turns you into a skeleton. (laughs) I mean, if if that little motherfucker, like... (laughs) Like sprayed down the whole fucking crowd. But no, yeah. <laughs> but but here we go though. Do you think? Oh, he's susceptible to hydrochloric acid, so I guess he'd be susceptible to Martian technology. Do yeah. you think Pumpkinhead, a demon made of blood magic, would be susceptible to Martian technology? In the film, he can only be hurt by his blood uh, bearer. Correct. Mm. Yeah, like his blood so, bearer had to get hurt. So that's so that's kind of a an unfair advantage, I'd say in this in this instance. But it's part of his thing. It's kind of right, something you but, can't detach him from. But what I'm saying Otherwise, is, uh, is <laughs> the only way to hurt him isn't involved. Right? Yeah, he 
Okay. Okay. I don't know. That that's why my 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 my. Original I mean, I'm not idea. trying to take it away from him. I'm just saying, like, ooh, that's that's kind of like that's kind of like having a, an infinite version of yourself, <laughs> all with Pretty the much. same plan. You know, it's kind of the same mo- thing. You're fucking Majin Buu. You just keep fucking regenerating no matter what happens. Okay. All right. Let's take it okay. away from him. But how do we gauge the damage? That's the thing. It's like I don't know, man. I don't know what would work here. I'd say two D8s plus five strength. <laughs> That's our last four guys. So I don't know if we can actually debate this out unless, uh, Corey, you think you've got something when it comes to, I said four, but it's we, we, we've got Michael Nosferatu, who we haven't talked about him much. I don't think he really stands a chance against, like, Pumpkinhead or Michael Myers or, like, those fucking just, powerhouses. Yeah. They would stab his ass into, into a bloody pulp. Until much. there was nothing left, yeah. Or Michael Wood and Pumpkinhead, yeah, would just. I or guess, like, what if, what if it was daytime? Right, right, right. So this is an outdoor WrestleMania. Backyard, backyard wrestling. This is insane clown posse style. All right, <laughs> we're, we're at fucking Juggalo Fest and we're having the fucking um, Poltergeist boogie down, y'all. What? Dude, you, you might actually be able. You, you might could get on their uh, festival thing. I opened they're, they're, for uh, for Twisted, Alazulalu, and uh, G Bo Ski a while ago. Whoa! Yeah, yeah it was their oh, Generation right. Nightmare tour. Right. There you go, fucking a. So okay, so it'd be Michael, Tallman, Pumpkinhead, the Martian with his gun, and Jack Black hiding under the ring. <laughs> I think if you. <laughs> I think if you leave in Pumpkinhead's ability to not be able to get hurt because his fucking blood bearer is not part of the fight, yeah. you'd probably come out on top. I That's kind of so what too. I'm thinking now. I'm thinking I'm thinking the same thing. But it's like we still don't know if Michael can really die. So it, And we tough. don't know if, if either of them is susceptible to the Martian ray gun. And without without going into the long game, it's kind of like it's kind of like okay, all we can do is who wins this fight. Oh, the I, long I'm, well, I'm, the long game. I think Pumpkinhead might actually win still because he's a demon. He's just immortal. Oh, so is the tall man. But I think he might get fucked up by by Pumpkinhead if he can get grab a hold of him. Well, the yeah, Martian, but he's, he's gonna he, Pumpkinhead's Pumpkinhead's gonna kill the tall man a lot. But the tall man so come many back. tall man. I mean, dude, like. Oh, like so Yelda, if we give Pumpkinhead his thing, we're going to give the tall... It's like a pinhead versus uh, tall man thing again. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think it would just be a, a stalemate because what are you going to do, you know? And Michael and Michael keeps getting fucked up and just getting back up over and over again. <laughs> he, just, he just keeps sitting up like he, like he does. Just, <laughs> like, the tall man just keeps fucking kicking him back down every five minutes. <laughs> Pumpkinhead <laughs> smashes him and he fucking just, like, sits up. And that's appropriate. If we're doing this in a wrestling ring, he's like The Undertaker. Michael's got <laughs> abs of steel. <laughs> he, he has oh, to. Oh, shit. He's got crazy core strength. You could fucking <laughs> crack an egg on those abs, cuz. Oh, you could fry an egg on them abs. Hot. Oh, shit. He's hot. All right. So <laughs> we've reached a stalemate, and I think the only fair thing to do at this point is to give the win to Jack Black. Jack Black. I agree. Just for being yeah. there. For surviving. Just for fucking yeah. being there, man. He, he is R.L. Stein. He fucking haunted our childhoods. Uh, I mean, who read the Goosebumps if he book. is R.L. Stein's character, couldn't he write a book where they all die? Yes. Let's give it to him. He's you under the stage. Meta. He's under the yeah. stage writing on his fucking little typewriter, and they all die at the end. Yeah. Boom. That's the boogie down, cuz. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was fucking fun, man. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for 
thanks for writing all those those rad ass fucking songs. Everyone go check out Poltergeist music. Again, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, fucking uh, YouTube with the video component. I highly recommend that as well. Like, subscribe, comment, find them on the social medias at poltergeist underscore OD on Instagram at poltergeist. Is it underscore OD for slasher? The slasher app? Yeah. And he's poltergeist on- underscore OD on Instagram and slasher everywhere else. Just poltergeist space OD. listeners of the show who don't know what a midnight ritual is well this is when we like to cut the lights light the candles adorn the tiny baby casket with the candles and stumble (laughs) upon them cluelessly while they hum and whiz in some electronic astral sound and then spheres come out and project a movie onto your eye fucking what is it your eye lenses your eye sockets into your soul and Into that, your eye pupils is <laughs> your eyes is them yeah, eyes. It's them eyes, them eyes is boy. <laughs> that's, that's the movie that we're gonna be talking about tonight. Is this surreal, trippy, but not as surreal as the original, but still pretty fucking trippy in a lot of its imagery. Oh, the yeah. amazing sequel to the cult classic masterpiece from Don Coscarelli. Tonight's midnight ritual is Phantasm Two. If you have not seen tonight's movie cry off the podcast now don't cry about it no you should cry yeah (laughs) fucking cry baby what you gonna cry little cry baby (laughs) yo sample that Tonight's film is Phantasm 2. It is a 1988 American science fantasy action horror film. The sequel to the 1979 cult classic, as I mentioned, Phantasm. And it was written and directed by Don Coscarelli, starring Angus Scrim as the fucking tall man. Mm-hmm. James LeGrow as Mike and Reggie Bannister as Reggie, the ice cream, or <laughs> the balding middle-aged ex-ice cream vendor <laughs> oh yeah he calls him that mike yeah mike 
fucking totally just fucking reams his ass. This is the lowest budgeted film that Universal Studios made in the 80s. Right. But it was the highest grossing of the whole Phantasm franchise. So the original Phantasm film was made for 300 300,000, yeah. And then the fucking sequel, dude, three fucking million. Yeah. That's, uh, what is it, 10 times the, the, yeah. the budget? Yeah, tenfold, man. That's significant. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing that and knowing that in the United States it grossed 7.3, I don't understand personally how this was considered a flop or a failure, which it was at the time. Maybe because it was a summer movie. It came out July 8th, 1988. So you could kind of look at this as a movie almost wanting to be a summer blockbuster because by that point, that was a thing. Jaws had already happened. Star Wars had already happened. The summer blockbuster was a movie – a summer staple go to the movies see the big tentpole films yeah it's I'm, super weird that it didn't get more popular and it's like everybody i ask nobody seems to fucking have even heard about it or they did hear about it and never really got around to it because not enough people talk about it what's the, when's the first time you saw phantasm 2 or oh, i saw it as a kid i was like 10 Dang. how'd you see it uh my buddy was a vhs collector i just went over to his place he was watching it i sat down i was like what the fuck is this This looks awesome and it was oh fuck yeah so you're you're 10 years old and you see that when's the first time you see the original phantasm um i mean that was the original phantasm that i saw okay okay yeah but i didn't i didn't get into like i didn't see the second one until fuck maybe even 10 years ago so like I saw the first one, knew what it was all about, and then I fucking got into the whole series later on in life. Yeah. So all right, you were into this before we knew it. We knew what the fuck was going on with it. Um, right. <laughs> Way I before seen, me. I had seen the original some time ago, and was like, "All right, this is some dreamy, trippy, surreal shit." But it wasn't until Ricky saw Phantasm and came back with a love for it that. Uh, if you go back and listen to our original Phantasm episode, which is titled Surreal Giggles, I forget the episode number, but it's from last December, so track it down. We we gave our ratings, and um, I believe I came in at an 8.5, and Ricky came in at a, of course, 10 out of 10. Yeah. So I would say at this point, having rewatched the – so what happened for me, how I saw Phantasm 2 is Ricky loved the – the first one so much he he dove into the series and he came back to me with like dude you've got to watch phantasm you've got to watch it all so one day i think actually into a night into another day i decided (laughs) i'm gonna watch the entire phantasm franchise in one go and i did and that's that's how i did it too so the original and i've seen it again since then comes up i i would give the original a nine out of ten I'm not going to give my score for this one right here, but this is my third viewing of Phantasm 2. Were it not for Ricky, I wouldn't have seen this movie as soon. So that's that's how I first saw it. And and yeah, Ricky, like, well, I guess I just explained yours. You just dove in, man. It, the first one, like you've said before, it really connected with you. It wasn't long after my dad passed away and I was just in a really low nihilistic and emotional place and this movie just connected with me because of the motifs and just yeah just the themes and motif of this this franchise especially in the first movie 
um, with Mike coming to terms with losing loved ones and desperately trying to uh, escape the reality of death, which is obviously something no one can do. It's, it's, it's just the futility of trying to escape death. The, the way that you view the first movie is a, is a fresh way, in my opinion, that, yeah, some people do. They definitely say it's a metaphor if you read other people's thoughts on it or yeah. for something to escape. But you, you, you put you nuance it in such a way that I'm like, I, when I first saw it, I didn't get all of that out of it. And right. then, then after you described it the way you did, I'm like, I, I, I do see that in it more now. Um, I don't relate to it as much. Um, right. It's not a movie that hits me as hard, but I recognize what it is. And yeah, it, and it, it was it was really fresh with, you know, like I was still very much mourning, you know, in the morning sense. Um, and yeah, just thinking that like I had I had like rewatched Deep Space Nine all the way through because my dad loved it. Uh, I was like grasping for ways to connect emotionally to my father again. And this movie just... Like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just, fuck it. I've heard of this. I'm throw it on. I didn't know nothing about it. And it just captured me emotionally, just completely captured me. And this, I mean, fuck. I've said, I've, I've said everything I really need to say about it. And I'm kind of like, uh. <laughs> besides the first movie, though, when you saw the second one, it's, 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 it's a fucking total change of pace. Yeah. It, the first time I saw it actually kind of bummed me out. Same same here so I, I i wanted i wanted more of the first movie and i, I feel like I, I only got a part of the first movie just expanded which is yeah. you know it's cool now like I, I love it for what it is but at, at first i was uh very much bummed Corey, when you first saw the second phantasm was it because you were coming off the the original and how how different of a film it is where phantasm 2 and Ricky and I, we talked about this before. It does the '80s sequel thing, like right. Evil Dead. It's like the best. I love the '80s sequel thing. It's the best. <laughs> and even even a lot of '80s action films, they they just go bigger. They go more, you know. And the studio involvement, of course, um, was a was of a great effect, which I'll get to in a minute. But Oof. the first time you ever saw Phantasm Two, was it jarring the difference, or was it welcome? Uh, well, the first, like I said, like I saw the first one when I was a kid, kind of forgot about it over the years. And then I heard a few people talking about it online and shit like that. So I decided to go back and watch them all. And by this time there were four of them out. So I watched the whole series and I think you kind of have to take them all in at once to really appreciate what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Cause like, yeah, I didn't have that, the appreciation I have now until I watched them all. And then obviously Ravager years later, but uh, it's, yeah, it's it, amazing. it took for the whole series for me to really get into it. Same. It, Cause at first I just watched two after I watched the first one and I was like, Oh man, like, please don't tell me the rest of this franchise is going to bum me out. Um, but when I watched three, I went through the whole franchise after that, all the way through Ravager. And it, it changed the way I looked at two. Um, yeah, it's one of those things you kind of just have to sit down with the whole fucking thing, take it all in, get the whole right. story, and then maybe go back to the original and you'll be like, holy fuck, is this good? 
Yeah, I so think that, I think a big part of it is just the 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 drastic like the change is so jarring between one and two. There's so many things that are just jarring about it. Well, that, very that, that's interesting to me that we all binge watch the franchise pretty much. So, um, ever everyone's got their first viewing out. This movie, like I said before, Angus Scrimm, James LeGrow, uh Reggie Bannister. You also have Paula Irvine as Liz Reynolds. She's our love interest, uh, studio mandated. With the best bangs <laughs> ever. Samantha Phillips as Alchemy. Um, she really loves kissing bald heads. Oh, yeah. Yo, I fucking Googled what it's called. It's called Acomophilia. <laughs> I was like, "There's this has to be a fucking thing. And yeah, oh, yeah. I don't write into be. it. I was like, oh, there's a shitload of people so who are just turned like, on by bald people. It's like, oh, come on, I'm going to fill your bald head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you've got a whole other slew of characters. I ain't going through all this shit. So a, little, <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit of behind the scenes. Coscarelli. Professionals. <laughs> yep. Coscarelli <laughs> added the road movie element into his script. When he, uh, when he first started watching, um, oh fuck! Now I'm forgetting what it was. Shit! Oh, um, <laughs> no! God damn it! It's all getting edited out unless it's funny. <laughs> 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 oh, Ricky's gonna get another beer. Yep, this is probably staying in because I don't give a shit. And this is how, this is what's gonna happen. Also, can I have your permission to play the tall man at the end of this episode? Yeah, of course. I already kind of assumed that was going to happen anyway. So, well, yeah, use my shit whenever you want, man. I don't give a fuck about copyright shit. I just make this stuff for people to listen to. Well, I mean, I'm always going to ask you, dude, because we we was raised to be polite like that. Well, I mean, I I, I respect your work. And y'all raised Canadian. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've established this shit. We're from Canada and you kicked us out. Welcome us back in. Damn it. Corey's like, oh shit. It's not very polite. <laughs> it's not a very polite way to request being let back in, sir. But it also wasn't polite to kick our ancestors out either. So yeah, I don't, I don't care. It, I don't care what it comes did. out in the wash. I don't know what we did though. What did no, we I don't, do? I, don't, I, don't, I think I think raping babies left and right and shit. No, I think it was more of a religious thing. And and I think like Britain like had more of Canada or some shit and they were like, fuck all those French people. So they like they sent like all the French people like out. Wait, so our real gripe is with Britain still. Yeah, definitely. No, like like it was like all it was like the the Nova Scotia, like all the French French people from like Nova Scotia or whatever. I'm still baffled by the fact that we even (laughs) fucking have a queen on our money. Like, well, because well, this is 2021 right? and we're still fucking around with a queen, you know, why, right? princes and shit. Like, what? She's your queen, bro. Oh, whatever. Not well, my queen. Hashtag that. Hashtag. Right. <laughs> and then Trump becomes the king of England somehow. Oh, and now he's shit. your king. Then it's like Amer- America points up at the attic and they're like, ha ha. God damn. They're like, look what's going on over there. I just hope that Trump has like a fucking fake Twitter account and he's still on there somehow just stewing. <laughs> Let Baron I, Harkonnen back on Twitter. <laughs> I love this shit. Um, I can't think of what I was trying to say, but yeah, Coscarelli was like, I love the road movie element. It progresses the story. I can fucking latch on. Ricky, you know some of this shit. Help me out here, man. You watch the goddamn commentaries. No. 
No. Okay. So the special <laughs> effects were done by Greg Nicotero and Robert Kurtzman. Fuck Everyone yeah. in the horror community knows these fucking legends. All right. Yeah. There was there the, the the studio was so involved that like I said they 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 wanted a female love interest just inserted in because that's what you do. Right. They also told Coscarelli, "Hey man, your friends they suck. We want <laughs> we want <laughs> a working actor to play the lead role, which the lead role in in quotations is Mike." Right. Um. So James Legros was cast instead of Michael Baldwin. There you go. A Michael Baldwin. A. You know what we should have done? We should have tried to get a Michael Baldwin uh, on this episode too to see see what he would say about it. Oh man, I think we talked about that before. We did because I know he. I know he genuinely hates this movie. Like he's he's well, he's still mad about it. For real? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh Let's shit, get... that's awesome. Yeah, and Don and Don Coscarelli still feels bad. I mean, like, like yeah. he's still he's still like man, like they gave do, me though? no choice. Well, he's like they gave me no choice, but he's like I should have fought harder. And maybe tried calling some bluffs or something, you know, things, just to things, try to. Things happen, man. But then, but, what if they shut down the movie? Exactly. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, fuck yeah. You. And now you don't have any of this, you know, like yeah, that's five movies and an online right. series. Right. Ooh, ooh! Look at the deep knowledge. I, I, I expect and a rag comic signed by Don Coscarelli that I have right here too. Oh, fuck yeah. oh! Sh- show it off on camera. No one can see this. It's staying in. Uh, so you what? I'll go look for it next time I get up. It's, it's somewhere not staying right here. In. The studio also told Coscarelli, uh, "Hey, no dreams, no ambiguity, none of that." Well, That's why said, you get so many said, scenes of characters establishing, "Hey, you're awake, right?" Well, yeah. no. He he wanted they wanted him to be like, "We want the audience to always know if something's a dream or not." Uh-huh. Like that that was specifically it. But, like, like, the whole premise, like, if you do watch the whole franchise, the whole thing is, like, is it a dream or isn't it a dream? And I feel like it's one of the only franchises where that kind of mystery works. I mean, to oh, me, you've yeah. got this in Nightmare on Elm Street. And I, you know? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say it now. I don't give a fuck. I think this franchise does it better. I agree. I, I, I mean, the first Nightmare is fucking amazing, obviously. And I think Phantasm is more mature. I yeah, like oh, definitely. First, yeah. I I love the first three Fridays. Uh, excuse me, nightmares. But right a- after that, yeah. Let me not show my hand too much here. But uh, okay. So I do think Phantasm overall does capture that more, uh, a little bit more. And and, uh, and Corey, yeah, I I agree, man. I think they're a little bit more mature. Um, especially as they they don't devolve Angus Scrim's character ever. Right. Ever. No, they only intensify him. Honestly. He only gets ratter as he goes, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah like there's yeah. comedic value all over the place, like sprinkled right. in like dick sure. jokes here and there, but like that's Reggie's side of it, right? Like you you yeah. still take the tall man seriously. Whereas oh, yeah. Freddie, a lot of the time, it's like the puns and jokes kind right, of just make right. that, you know. All, well, the, by part, all the prime time, bitch. By, well, by, by part two, he's fucking scary Terry. <laughs> <laughs> that's Oh, I love that though, bitch. Yeah. Um, I want to point out one of my favorite little things here because uh Oh jeez, Rick, point it out, okay. Oh jeez, Rick, oh point it in my ass. 
if um, <laughs> if, if Boss Tuna from <laughs> yeah, that's that's all kinds of fucked up. By the way, that's incest right. and pedophilia. Um, yep. and, and brought possibly, to you by and possibly, America, <laughs> and, and and possibly interdimensional incest and pedophilia. Brought to hey. you by the nightclub Woo! In, in America. Interdimensional Opossum. incest pedophilia is my new kink. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and and we don't kink shame here at the nightclub. Not, even if not at all. No. no, if you're uh, a cannibal, please write us. We're still waiting. We're still waiting for those cannibal emails. You yeah. will get free horror stickers. Okay? We're still giving yeah. away horror stickers for our Kaiju Giallo, goddammit. Someone, yeah. anyone, anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Even if you're not a cannibal. Yeah, don't care. All right. Yeah. Roger Ebert, if Boss Tuna were listening, he'd be like, son of a bitch. I was right about that fucking Roger Ebert with his oh boy. cancer. Uh, Roger Ebert gave the film one out of four stars. <laughs> and he said it's like an extended dream without logic or coherent plot full of nightmarish images and no character development. And I'm like, God damn. Roger, did you watch the first movie? Yeah, like that's just wrong. Yeah, there's there's definitely character development. I, I don't see it's his, mostly character development. I don't see his logic at all. Um, there, there was another uh, publication called Time Out that said the only valid reason for seeing this bl- uh, belated sequel is that it goes some way towards explaining the incomprehensible plot of its predecessor. True, it it does yeah, explain. I agree. It does explain things a little it, bit more. Every every sequel builds a little bit on yeah the basic idea of what's going on in the franchise so yeah totally the first one is very confusing on your first watch there's a lot of what the fuck's going on throughout the whole thing but yeah like we've said multiple times already you watch the whole series it all kind of comes together and i i i think this is the movie where it starts explaining the lore getting into it more um so that review i'm like all right but then yeah, especially with the beginning, because um, Homegirl with the bangs, she uh, she's drawing like the storyboard and shit in her little book and everything and explaining how the tall man, you know, like stalks her in her dreams and shit. And so, yeah, she there, there, there is some more lore thrown in. I love that scene, by the way. I love watching these movies like after I've done a track about them and going, oh, shit, I put that in the video. <laughs> I don't know. I'll just like see like uh, when when the preacher is getting like hanged by his cross necklace. I'm, it's the I just, best. It's the yeah. best. It's I was the like, best. there's it's no fucking favorite. way I'm not using that. Yeah. It's so fucking rad. That's that scene might be my favorite scene in the movie. I don't know. Oh, it comes man. down. It comes down to three scenes for me, basically. And that's probably, yeah, that's definitely one of them. That's getting well, ahead of myself. I want to say on, on the other hand, um, from that which I find true, I don't find this. Variety called the film an utterly unredeeming <laughs> full-gore sequel. What? Yeah, incredibly morbid and meaningless. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, some, someone else from, from the Philadelphia Inquirer said a series of apparently unrelated horrors visited upon good-looking blonde people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... I'm wondering if they watched the movie. I feel yeah. like they glazed over it and they were thinking about their review as they were watching the movie. Like they were more yeah. interested in what they wrote than what they were fucking watching. Oh, definitely. That's, I can't believe they pay people to actually write these reviews. I can't <laughs> believe they pay people to write any review at all. I can't believe it's not butter. 
What's I wrong? I can't believe it's not meth. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, like, what's wrong with people who are watching these films? I'm, I'm not saying this. Okay, like, if it's not your thing, I get it. It's like, not your thing. Yeah, fuck it. I, I mean, like, like on, on Front Street, you know, like, as a fan of this franchise, I, I trust me, I get what's off-putting and weird about it, you know, like, and it's not for everybody. Like, my wife's not into it. You know? But like not being into it and calling it trash is different. very different. Like, right? Because <laughs> even if it's not your thing, you can realize some kind of. Surely you can see the value it has because yeah, the value is obvious. There's effort being put out. There's talent on display. There's just so much going Creativity. on. Creativity and Reggie's you're not a good... charisma, dude. Yeah. you're not a. In my opinion, at this point, I'm starting to get more and more like this with with certain horror films, especially. If you don't know what you're getting into, you're probably not the best person to critique it. And right. if you can't appreciate the merit, even if you don't like the subject matter, it's like the Beatles, okay? Some people don't like the Beatles. That's fine. All I ask is that you respect the Beatles. Straight up. Res- respect what they did because it all comes from there. And yes, they took all artists take. That's what they do. David Bowie said it. Uh, I don't know what David Bowie said. Except when he was the Goblin King. I know a lot about that. Dance the magic I know dance. a lot about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I, actually, I actually don't, but I remember when I think of Bowie, I always think of that first. Probably because his fucking cod, pants sc- the cod, scarred the shit out of me when I was a kid. The cod piece of fucking the Bowie cod piece? Yeah. I always think yeah. of the prestige. Oh, true, true, true. Oh yeah, he was a uh, Tesla, right? Yeah, yeah, fucking a. That's a that's a fucking Christopher Nolan film right there, because the labyrinth had a wee a wee baby uh, Jennifer Connelly before she yeah. became addicted to uh, heroin. Oh, yeah. oh, bringing us down. Yeah, let's get up again. I want to get into this movie, guys. Let's begin tonight's midnight ritual. with the title card epically phantasm 2 yeah you can see they put money into that shit boy they got playing on it dude they they put some respect they put some respect put some stank on it that title card that title card went platinum (laughs) cuz you got the blood red roman numeral 2 behind it that that's fucking awesome yeah Yeah, the the original title card for, for the uninitiated is just uh, plain, but cool looking, but but plain red text, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that th- this new one, it's like boom. Let's bump it up, guys. It's like this- crisp and sharp and shiny. Yeah, yep. shine. Stank. Shine. Stank. Stank. Rap. We're introduced <laughs> to Liz Reynolds, um, recounting her dreams and her going through her diary with drawings of reggie and mike sitting by the fireplace and we cut to i think that that's a cool transition she's cute and she has the best bangs ever <laughs> that shit bangs that, that shit, shit. <laughs> bangs <laughs> those bangs the... slap slapping bangs yeah bro oh ricky that's oh, my ricky. new kink 
<laughs> oh, Corey, I love you. <laughs> That's awesome. So we get this cool transition to the original ending of the original film where young Mike goes upstairs because Reggie's like, man, dude, your brother Jody, who's not in this movie, the sequel, he fucking for real died in a car accident and your tall man's a dream. Go upstairs, get your shit. I'm not a pedophile. Let's go. And so, <laughs> so Mike goes upstairs and, and Angus Scrim is like, boy. And yeah. then fucking Mike gets pulled into a mirror into a void. And that's like, cool. Well, cool as fuck. Yeah. We, we pick right up, right there at that moment in this movie. And Reggie hears the, the, the mirror breaking and is like, the fuck? Fuck that shit. And he goes and he gets a gun. Yeah. By the way, he responds kind of how I would. Like, shit, shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking terrified, man. Like, whenever he's surprised by it, shit. <laughs> I love his reactions throughout this whole fucking movie. Reggie's got classic one-liners, too. He is very much the ash of this franchise. Yeah, sure. definitely. Oh, yeah. Very relatable. I want an Evil Dead phantasm mashup of some kind of way. I'm just saying. Could you uh, imagine what that would be uh, like? We'll, fucking we'll, rad. <laughs> I I I guess I mean we'll probably we'll definitely touch on it when we cover part three next year. But Lord of the Dead was supposed to be originally by concept from Don Coscarelli, an Evil Dead Phantasm mashup in no which way. Reggie and Ash meet and Angus or uh, the Tall Man, Jedediah or Jebediah, Jebediah, Jebediah. Acquires yeah. the, the Necronomicon, so that was the original premise for Part Three: Lord of the Dead. Yep. Wow, fucking dope! That would have been so sick. It would have been the greatest thing ever in the world. Ever in the but, world, but and before actually, Freddy versus Jason. Only speaking of horror icons clashing up. Throw, that's a throwback to our Boogie Down. Good. Boogie Down. Blah, blah. <laughs> if I could have a choice between that movie and Penicillin, I would choose that movie. <laughs> me too. Me too, because I'm allergic to penicillin. So fuck it. Fuck you, if penicillin. I can't have it, if I can't have it, I don't. I don't want y'all to have it either. Fuck it. No one can have it. God <laughs> damn. It's like life. I'm gonna take them all out with me. Fuck um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Reggie manages to kind of hide easily from the tall man. Oh yeah. He just sneaks behind a. He's like, whoops. Corner. Yeah. <laughs> And the tall and and the tall man just walks on by like I don't know. And then you got little Jawa fucking carrying little Mike out, and Reggie's like, "Sha na na." And and I always thought it was well, not always, but I, watching it this time, I was like, it's kind of weird that they just pull him into the mirror just to pull him back out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, drink the fucking dream, with him. Dream, but, yeah, dream dream logic. It don't matter. Right, of course. If I would have been writing it, I'm just saying I think it would have been fucking rad if. Mike would have woke up in a casket like they pull him into the void and now he's just in the casket in the car. I just okay. think that's a rad concept. Oh, um, fuck. I, I glossed over this. I'm sorry. Uh, w- when Reggie's downstairs getting armed to go upstairs, he gets attacked by dwarves. Yeah. And um, and that, he kills the pilot on his stove. Yep. yep. That's 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 critical. And I fucking totally glossed over it. Real, uh, real right, bud. Yeah, he fucking escapes <laughs> like an old school laundry shoot, dude. That that thing is so cool. Oh man, and Re- when he's Reggie's coming house out- is awesome, man. I've got a- Reggie's house is fucking rad, bro. Seriously, that's Mike's. That's, that's Mike's house. Okay, Mike's house is fucking rad. 
Yo, yeah. when he's coming up out of that shoot, you can so easily tell he's not struggling to climb it. Like he has something to step out of it with. <laughs> it just just watching it today bugged the fuck out of me, and it never has before. Whenever he gets gets a hold of Mike, he fucking like I don't I don't even remember why, but they fucking go through the second story window just to the ground and and manage to crawl away as the tall man is just epically walking away from this house that suddenly explodes because the gas leak reaches the fireplace, the lit fireplace, and right. and kaboom! Right in the nick of time. This house was um up for demolition, by the way. Yeah. So whenever they blew it the fuck up. The, the people that were detonating it were like, well, what 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 movie are we doing this for? And yeah, they the were fire like, marshal was like fucking with him, but like when he found out it was the Phantasm sequel, he was like, oh fuck yeah, we gotta blow up, we gotta blow the fuck out of it. So he was like letting them slide and like being like, no, you need to add more shit to this structure here. And like, That's yeah, so like at, like at first he was fucking with them, but when he he found out, they're like, oh shit, this guy's actually a fan. So. I like the way uh, Angus Scrim just kind of like looks back at the explosion, turns back around with complete cosmic indifference. Yeah. And he doesn't and, even care. Because life the, and death means nothing to him. Nothing. And the shot of him getting out of the hearse, it's just a rad shot. That's that's all. Coscarelli litters this film with rad fucking shots. <laughs> yeah, Dude, my oh, favorite yeah. shots, my favorite shots in this movie are the high angles from like the corner of the ceiling that are just like tilted a little bit off. Just every now and then you see like a high ceiling shot and then they don't go back to it. And it's just like, it like brings a little bit more tension to whatever's going like on. When, like when they first uh, see Liz, the uh, the abomination Liz or whatever. Mm-hmm. Am I oh, right? yes, yes, yes. In the basement. That's coming up. Yep. Because it's like tilted, right? I think. Yep. Yeah, I think I think that's called a... Um, uh, it's a uh, uh, Siamese uh, angle. no. No, no. Dutch angle. There we go. Dutch um, angle intensifies John Travolta. <laughs> yeah. Battlefield Earth. Love that fucking shit ass movie. So Liz continues to go through her journal, remarking on the unknown origins of the tall man and him perhaps being from, you know, another dimension and how he roams from town to town, robbing graveyards to enslave the dead. She seems to have been having visions of this tall man, predictions right. of the future. So she's kind of linked in with him, right? Like to a certain degree, a little, a little bit. That's some psychic shit going on. Mike, he wakes up and he's aware somehow. He's older, by the way, that there's a girl out there that needs his help. She's got the shinning. <laughs> <laughs> it's the shinning. He tells his psychiatrist everything that he wants to hear. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, he does. It's all in my head. I was crazy. Don't worry. It's all over with. I just want to live a life. And, and I've got to say, like, I think the audience should be smart enough to understand that this is happening without oh. him having the inner monologue of just tell him what he needs, what he wants to hear. I, I, but I do like but I do like that monologue at the same time though it, no, right there. for me it, it it bothers me i'm like it's like it's unnecessary but i thought the shot was kind of done well yeah for so, what it okay. was this is interesting I, I, i'm a, sorry Corey. ricky the first time i watched it this bothered me the next two times i liked it i just wanted to point that out so this this a, this, a little this bit of a franchise has a way of doing shit like that like things that bother me in this franchise mostly don't anymore it's so. another one of the tall man's powers yeah yeah <laughs> So, so yeah, you, you think that sh- this was uh, framed, acted very well. 
I agree, man. I I, I really like the, the scene. There's a lot of use of usage of framing, which I I pay attention to all the time. I fucking love it. And you have to, especially when you're editing those fucking videos, man. You got it. You yeah. got to. You're gonna miss beats. You're gonna miss things that don't line up right or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. do start to notice a lot of shit when you start editing. So at this point, Mike, who's like scot free. He's out of his uh, mental institution or wherever the fuck he was. And where does he go immediately? <laughs> <laughs> and who finds him immediately saying, I was afraid you'd be here. Right. <laughs> Mike said the fucking it's Morningside fucking awesome. Cemetery just digging up graves and like, they're all empty, man. They have this dramatic moment between each, like Reggie shows up and he's like, he finds Mike digging up the fucking graves. And this is proof enough to Mike that, dude, the tall man's real. This shit is fucking happening. And Reggie's like, let's just go to my house. We'll talk all this out. My family's having dinner. Right. And as they approach Reggie's my house... My black Mike... maid can scare the shit out of us. Mike hits the tall man in his head, welcoming him home. And then Reggie's house explodes, killing Reggie's entire... So... Within the first, like, 20 minutes of this movie, you get two house explosions. Right. Fuck yeah, you do. Yeah, I know. Yeah, bro. The first time, again, the first time I watched this movie, I was irked by it. I was like, okay, show me something else. The second time and third time I watched this movie, I was like, this is great. Honestly, I, <laughs> it would have been better with, like, five more explosions. <laughs> oh, because, yeah, the explosions aren't, they're not over with, folks. Oh they're, no. They're, no. <laughs> no. No, no, not at all. Reggie's Reggie's family is is all killed. They're all dead. His wife, little Bonnie, all these fucking characters he's mentioning, the whole family's there. They're all dead. And Mike, just like in the first movie, Mike and Reggie take this pretty goddamn good. I got to yeah, say, right. surprisingly yeah, good. Yeah. If if my entire family <laughs> exploded a few hundred yards from me in the middle of the night, while I'm picking up my friend's kid brother, who I've bonded with from a mental institution, I really honestly think at this point I would crack and commit suicide for reals. Also, right before this happens, Mike turns to Reggie and says, you got to get those people out of the house. Right. <laughs> he, he says everything fast. He says, you got to get them out of the house. There's a gas light. It's going to blow up. Oh, and get them out of that house. <laughs> He goes the fuck off. It's like Fourth of July, America. Fuck yeah, coming again to Phantasm to the day. Yeah. America, fuck yeah, again to save the motherfucking day. Yeah, America, fuck yeah. Is the only way. Lick my blood and my America, fuck yeah. What you gonna do when we come? <laughs> so they Reggie at the funeral agrees. All right, man. Fuck this. Oh yeah. He, he's like, we've got work to do, bud. Mm-hmm. At the so funeral, they, and I'm like, okay, a, Reggie. They commit. Yeah. yeah oh, it's so fast. <laughs> Sorry it's for so, your loss. So we gotta fast. get it popping. And he's the one that says. He's the one that does it. He's like, yeah, let's go. Reggie. They, they, Reggie. 
Reggie's been unhappy with his family life for a little while. Oh. <laughs> this, was, this was the out he needed. He's like, yeah, it's a bummer, but, but I'm still I'm young, a, even though I'm, I'm bald as fuck. Kind of guy, so. He's like, I'm bald as fuck, but I'm still young, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Time to finally get laid. Just be out there with acapacophilia, right? <laughs> there's gotta be there's gotta be someone out there with acapacophilia yeah he's like i don't give a fuck I, i'm i'm uh what's it unisex or uh what what's pan, pan, pansexual he oh, he doesn't shit. care if it's a chick he don't care if it's a dude rubbing his dick on his fucking bald head he just oh god <laughs> his bald head craves attention and pulsates with veins veins in the forehead the temples his, his bald head he's got pulsating temples Oh my god! Yeah. All right. No. Okay. So I just they want to kiss it and rub it. Oh yeah, it's a genie in there, bro. The wishmaster comes up. <laughs> I mean, you're really. I wish my family wasn't dead. Got to right. rub it the right way. All right, Aguilera. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aguilerophilia is that what it was called? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Aguilerophilia, dude. Uh, oh, that's shit. that's my newest kink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that greasy looking blonde skank. <laughs> so she does friend, look greasy a lot a lot of times when you see her though, doesn't she? Or is she that put just some me? skank on it. She got some <laughs> she got some skank. <laughs> Call back. Damn. Very skanky in this fucking movie. Right. Um, Mike and Reggie commit a B and E, right? <laughs> they they break into some like gun shop supply store and they're like Let's go shopping. <laughs> they got they got right. tool shovels. It's a rad sweat. it's a rad shopping uh gearing up shopping scene too. That's that's where they create the fucking the the, the weapons of the film, the flamethrower and the fucking legendary quad barrel shotgun. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Sleek design. Get get ready get ready for Reggie to not use that motherfucker. He used he it does. once. He used it one time. <laughs> it's awesome. All right, it's look effective at as fuck. Fuck yeah. Right. Look, so I want to. This should be noted. When they go to leave, they open the cash register, and I fully. Hey, straight up. I oh oh. Well, maybe you're about to say what I thought the first time. Go ahead. That they were gonna raid it. Like we. Need oh money. yeah, I thought they were about to thug it, bro. I was, yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, they're gonna they're about to steal all the money out the register too. But they were instead, gonna get they were all over that motherfucker. Yeah, they were wholesome about it though. So. Yeah, Reggie. Reggie dropped some bills in there, bro. They they yeah. fucking robbed the place, but you know what? No worse for the wear. Everyone gets gets their due. Yeah. So after after running through a few small towns that are in utter fucking ruin, they pick up on the tall man's trail. Like he comes through town, he fucks it all up. And in one particular town, they explore a graveyard. This scene is Ricky. Like you love this scene, right? Uh, Corey, you know what I'm talking about? The the, the mass. Yeah, uh, graveyard oh, yeah. That, 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 that's had just crazy corpse excavation going on. Yeah, they they did that. They did that effect really uh, interesting too. They basically got a backhoe to scrape the surface of the uh, the ground where the graves should be, and they only dug like three or four inches, and then they put like black cloth drapes oh, over shit. the holes to make them look like they were deeper than they were. So that was all done basically in an afternoon instead of, you know, days and days worth of digging. Look, it's skanky. That's that's some skank on it. That's some low budget 
ingenuity, right? Even though three million is a lot, that's that's creative as fuck, right? Yeah, bro. I mean, you know, you, that Coscarelli's a creative dude, smart guy, bro. I mean, look at what he did with three hundred thousand. Give a man three million, I mean, he'll fish for a day. Um, that's it. They, they, <laughs> they, they, they he'll board. fish in the graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> They entered the boarded-up mortuary, um, cautiously making their way around all the dimly lit candle fucking corridors. Fucking rad. Rad set the... design. Oh, dude, it's beautiful. Once once in the morgue, Mike notices a dead body that moments later vanishes. So right. that's kind of like... And they've been talking about the, the tall man playing mind games with them, and you assume Setting that... Setting traps for him and shit. Right. Yeah. This is something that they encounter here and there. And Reggie calls him down to the basement where they find an apparition of Liz. This is the fucking, this is the first part of the movie that we're out, like the special effects really jump out right. and are really good. Because this apparition of Liz, like like Corey was saying, the, the angle of, of, of them going down into this grimy basement full of like slime and pipes and like weathered brick walls. She's hunched over in the corner, draped in a black robe. And they go over and find out that it's Liz with her mouth tape shut. The robe is pulled back by Reggie and Mike, and out comes this slimy, grotesque, worm-like figure of the tall man from her spine. Tells oh, which them, looks which looks fucking sick, by the way. Yeah, it, it's oh, very yeah. it's very uh, Freddy Kruegerish too. Yeah, the effect. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It, it reminds me of when from part three, right? When he's the the caterpillar. Eating Nancy in a, or in a fucking sweet callback uh, in the dialogue with the you play a good game boy yeah do oh bruh and with that little voice and that reminds me of Labyrinth when the worm is like don't go that way yeah, yeah. Why, but, like, I vibe. so we're bringing Bowie back man. that would have brought her straight to the castle <laughs> <laughs> yeah he would have saved her ass so much fucking time dude like for real <laughs> But he dares them to go east, it, you know, like, come on, right. find me, motherfuckers. And Reggie wastes no time. Dude, just, he says, get the fuck out! Yeah! <laughs> he fucking flamethrows the shit out of this apparition, all right? so He's that, like, he's like, get the, the flamer, brother, the heavy flamer. <laughs> and at this point, you don't know that this is an apparition until the next scene, because... Right, because they explain it. So elsewhere in the town of Paragord... The real Liz is accompanying her grandmother to her grandfather's funeral. Oh, yes, she is. <laughs> she, she, they, they, they have some dialogue here that's questionable still to me. It's more believable in the second and third viewings, but it's still... Yeah. When they're like, be strong. It's what he would have wanted. Okay. Or whatever. It's what and grandpa it's, would want. I, I feel like that was just like filler. Kind of unnecessary, but... Liz is distraught that her sister Jerry is leaving town, right. and she, she wanders off into the mortuary where she briefly sees the scampering dwarf from the corner of her eye and looks down at her hands that she's digging her fingernails into, and now she's bleeding, and she's convinced this is not a dream. Which she says dream. audibly. Yes. <laughs> Man, that scene where uh, her fingernail marks are in the palm of her hand bleeding, that freaks me the fuck out. Right. You know she's you know she's terrified, dude, at that right. point. And and that that's that's believable as fuck. And again, yes, they shoehorn it in. It it doesn't bother me that much though, to be honest right. with you. Right. No, it why. doesn't it doesn't bother. I just see it. I notice it. That's that's all. Yeah. You notice it. 
It's it's yeah. oh, look there it is. <laughs> there it is. And at the yeah. same time, Mike he bolts up from a dream, sensing that Liz is in imminent danger, and so he and Reggie they take off further east. They're like, All right, fuck it, let's go. And back back at the church where the, the funeral is being held, the priest is just getting wasted, dude. He's just oh, yeah. he's telling God that he's gonna stop the evil he's seen. And then he fucking goes off. He proceeds to stab Liz's dead grandfather <laughs> in the chest. It's, it's, it's an open casket. And then stop. grandma walks in and fucking sees it and faints. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. It's so and, awesome. It's so rad. And it never gets addressed. Never. I, 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 love, I love the priest's character, too. But, okay, but before we get into him, because he's coming up, he's got more scenes. Right. What do you think about the fact that it never gets addressed? Does that kind of maybe clue you in if you're going to be a super fanboy about it, that this is still a dream? Someone's dream? Mike's? Maybe Liz's? Like, whose <clears throat> dream is this that the police never get called? That no right. one goes in and finds her fainted and finds out why? Or, Shit, it might be the priest's dream. Who knows? Yeah, you know what? That ma- that kind of makes sense. It might be that, yeah, because isn't the... Or some of the next scenes at night at his house and then he yeah, looks outside his door and sees the dead man the, the, yeah the grandpa yep that's coming uh liz liz is encountered by the tall man in the mortuary hallways and he's like the graveside service is about to begin <laughs> i did a bad impression that time for some reason and she's like fuck this and runs away yeah and he, i've got to say the image of that casket too just like smoking like, like, what the fuck? And like, when she's going up to it, like through mm-hmm. the hole, it's just mm-hmm. a rad image. Plenty of, plenty of, again, yeah. And, and Corey mentioned this earlier. There's a lot of great fucking camera work and framing in this movie. And, the hallway is a very big one. Oh, dude! But at, at this point, he licks a gooey substance off of a needle, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. When when she sca- when he scared her, she stabbed yeah. him with her uh, pen. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, I it's missed. like her pin that she pulls off of her scarf because she's starting to get worried. She's like, I'm going to stab the fuck out of somebody if I have to. And But he likes he it. Scares her. Yeah, he don't give a fuck. That's he, his kink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> his kink is yellow goo blood. He's like, stab me, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> that night, that's when that's when the corpse stabbing priest is, he's getting wasted again. And he's like, oh, God damn this wind. Well, yeah, he's been he's been having to stab the tall man, bro, just to keep him satisfied. So he has to drink now. It's sad. (laughs) That's when the grandfather shows up, and at the same time, like it's some kind of fucking quantum mechanic deal, uh, he shows up again, making one more stop at Liz's grandma, uh, in her bed. He's in her bed with her. That's genuinely a spooky scene. Like I don't find much stuff after the first movie to have. Uh, very much genuine spook for me but mm-hmm. that's spooky bro just the idea of rolling over in bed and oh there's my dead spouse looking at me fuck the night you buried him right <laughs> yeah pretty fucked fuck um, fuck and the next thing he's like half asleep and mike mike notices the dead body from the morgue that had vanished earlier only now it's a hitchhiker so when he fully wakes up and yep. Reggie confirms this. All of a sudden, there's alchemy. That's the hitchhiker. That's the dead body. So now Mike is having premonitions or something or another. And <laughs> this is where the movie starts to get like 
you're not going to figure out this shit because the movie never explains it and none of the other movies ever explain it for right. different reasons. But you just have to, at this point, roll with that. Everyone in this movie might be psychically connected at some point or another. They can right. communicate. They can see the future, the past, whatever. They're like, you know what? They, they stop to take a piss. And Reggie's like, it gets hard on the road, man. We need to keep her around. And by getting hard, right. he needs to stick. Oh, yeah, that's definitely what he means. Uh, this is one of my favorite pieces of dialogue ever. He's just like, okay, so she's in danger with or without us. At least if she's with us, we can keep her safe. Does that make sense? And he's like, yeah, in a horny sort of way, it does make sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's some of the great dialogue, man. Yeah, yeah man. It... <laughs> so as, as the trio approaches Paragord, Liz discovers... I've also got to say, with a name like Alchemy, you're destined to be an evil uh, side character subplot. Oh, ooh. I like that. Okay. I didn't think about that. Um, it's a rad name, but like, yeah, like. Yeah, alchemy you know, itself you'd... doesn't tie into just necessarily being evil, but I, but, but, right. I, but I like what you're saying. Like, it kind of makes sense for the movie. Like, oh, well. Right. This, this person is going to be a plot device to uh, change the fuck out of something and come up with such a twist. <laughs> a twist. Yeah, nice. You know, so. So, Mama is missing, Liz finds out. And. <laughs> <laughs> and she also finds that gooey fucking needle on the nightstand and i like this i like how when she finds it that's when the telepathy with the tall man comes. i, I just think it's rad no like yeah, when yep. she sees it she's like oh shit now i can hear what he wants me to hear i i agree yeah. it's almost right. like it's almost like he was watching and waiting for her to see it right or almost or like he left like he left a message on it like there's like some sort of psychic residue on it that yeah. like well now she sees the thing and she picks up on it. This is cool. I like it. Which the which shitting. would imply which would <laughs> which would imply that he's not um omnipresent. So he's not a god. If no, it is no, psych- I don't think I don't think he is. But. If it is psychic residue, but if it's like Corey said, he is a god. He's been waiting. He's been aware while his other machinations are un- unfurling. So, yeah, like I, I get the impression that the tall man kind of always knows where you are and what's going on, unless he's right next to you in your home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can right. easily slip him around the corner, yeah. by the way. Right. <laughs> so that night, Liz heads to the cemetery and finds that her grandfather's grave is exhumed, and the grave reads Alex Murphy, which is a reference. Yeah, because Robocop was buried there. <laughs> and. Mike, Reggie, and Alchemy arrive, and they stop at the Paragord Manor, which at this point is boarded up and covered in graffiti. A lot of graffiti in this world, I want to say. Yeah. Every time you see a town that's been overrun by the tall man and exhumed of its all of its dead and rendered fucking lifeless, there's boarded well, up yeah, everything because, and graffiti everything. It's because all his deadite hoodlums from yeah, uh, the, the, the third job, movie. The thug, jog, the thug uh, Jawas? No, no, the 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 regular size deadite people. Oh, the gravers. Right in the third movie, the ones with the big stupid gold chains and shit. They're the ones tagging everything. I always assumed. I was because I was wondering who's staying behind to fucking tag everything. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Just one more thing, guys. I'm sorry. This is gonna be the best. <laughs> Banksy's out. Banksy's out there. Like, no, trust me, guys. In in tw- in, in 2018, this is gonna be the 
Boost. <laughs> they perform another breaking and entering when they chainsaw down the door. And yeah. uh, I love I love the way Mike because like Reggie's showing off. He's just like, allow me. And fucking Mike yanks the fuck out of her to get her away from Reggie while he has the chainsaw. Because he's like, no, no, no. Reggie's he's, not safe. He's trying to look cool. He's not he's being Hulk safe. Bar, dude. He's Hulk Hogan <laughs> versus fucking, uh, oh, God damn it. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting so much fucking, oh, shit. Fuck me in the ass. All right. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I can't remember oh. what the fuck I was going to say. It, Hulk Hogan, man. God damn it. He was in that movie. Zeus. No holds barred. There it is. Oh, Bro. shit. Wrestling fans will get that. So, yeah, they go inside, and um, Reggie and Mike, they set up a hand grenade in a cut-open Budweiser can. I like that touch. Hell yeah. <laughs> to pull the pin if the back door is open, and they set up a shotgun if the front door is open. So they're like, you know, there's no reason to worry. Anyone tries to come in, they're going to fucking get killed. So we're going we're gonna to roll out. And, and here uh, you, start, you start to see that... Uh... Alchemy oh, might have man. a little thing for uh, yes. Reggie for Reggie's little thing. They got know? a smoochy smoochy action in here. Yeah, well. And Liz, she, you know, she's still sneaking about and she finds a mortician at the at the morgue, replacing a cadaver's blood with what is embalming fluid, you know, you can assume. She hides as a gas mask wearing crony of the tall man passes by wheeling a muddy casket. Right. These guys are known as, as mentioned before, the Gravers, which Mike clarifies when Reggie and him roll up on a bunch of these guys performing like a mass excavation of, of right. a graveyard. They're just digging up body after body in the cemetery. And here you go, Ricky. The priest is he's roaming the mortuary, and that's when he comes across that fucking small coffin. That's right. That's just it's it's making these weird sounds, man. They're spacey. They're they're astral. They're ominous, but he, 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 he's like, fuck this. He starts blessing all of the dead as he's exiting. Right. And then the tall man decides to confront the holy man right here. Yeah, and he's like, they don't need your services. Right, right. Yeah, and he uses his telekinesis to you to take the priest's rosary and strangle him and lift him into the fucking air with it. And Ricky, what's the fucking line right oh, here? Dude? You think when you die, you go to heaven? You come to us. And the rosary snaps and the priest flees. And as he does, the small coffin opens up and it reveals two silver spheres. So fucking cinematic. I love it so much. He's running and he runs into Liz and he's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. He's like, get the book. The entire town. He's like, like, pork chop sandwiches. Get the fuck out of (laughs) here. But it's too late. Because one of those silver spears flies by, cutting his ear off with this spinning fucking blade. And it whips back around, attaches itself to his forehead, drills inward. Blood is spurting everywhere, all over the floor, and it kills the priest. Dead, done, boom. The ear ripping was really interesting to see how they uh, filmed it and did that special effect. And believe it or not, that was one of them that they spent the most time on. Well, it looks great. I mean, because looks, they they timed awesome. it. They I love the, the screen too. The screen yeah, sounds yeah for sure, but it's awesome. Oh, definitely, it's realistic. And Liz, in, in this moment, she's in shock. She's like, "Right, what the fuck is is going on right here?" And she's like, "Oh my god, am I like dreaming or not?" <laughs> <laughs> I 
I must, I must, I must be dreaming or something. Am I dreaming? She can't believe what's just transpired, and it's like right after this, she's immediately picked up and thrown insanely across the room by the tall man. He's yeah, like, see, "Hello, the tall man. man." The tall man hooks her up to a cable and uh, throws <laughs> her, throws her across the room with it. <laughs> That's when he's like, "Hello again." And goodbye. Right. And he, he just, he evil dead, deadite tosses Ash into a cabinet, throws her across the room. Basically, yes. I mean, just full blown, like, you're going to fly like a rock. Three million dollars got us some uh, cables to throw you with. Dude, like Robert Rodriguez in directing fucking uh, Desperado, people flying across the room. Like, this shit is just nuts. It's nuts how she flies. I love it. I yes. love the effect. It's so cheesy. It's so awesome. I love that he doesn't even kill her. He just walks away. Yeah, and then he walks away. Oh, it's so creepy. It's like, oh, fuck, I got plans for you. Because now you get get dwarf mama. She's like, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. And you see her face, and Elizabeth easily escapes her and then easily knocks her out with a vase. And And what what does she say? Sorry, Grandma. Yeah, <laughs> that's just, it's, it's so nonchalant and just so like yes. fuck, man like everyone gets over like for a franchise about how death how is horrible yes. and central yes. death is to everyone's life everyone just fucking gets over it so <laughs> I quick i love how you're pointing that out man thank you thank you <laughs> for pointing that out because goddamn Yes, that is 100% correct about this whole goddamn franchise. Like, just, my, grand, my grandma died yesterday, and now I just killed her dwarf zombie corpse. Sorry, Let's grandma. just assume this was post-COVID, and everybody just has depression. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is a movie of the times, and I didn't even know it. Coscarelli, you're a visionary. Okay. Yet again. Yet again. Oh, Still. so many times. <laughs> I don't even... Okay, the... the she Liz runs into Mike out in the uh, cemetery, and they all escape, um, go back to the manor, and, and Mike is like, watch this. Reggie showed off earlier. I'm going to show off now. And he fucking flamethrowers that goddamn fireplace. Yeah, and she does. she was even like, wow. For a hot minute, he's shooting yeah. that fire. I'm like, damn, Spraying dude. That. I'm like, like that thing don't run out of out of acetylene or something, bro. I, lo- I, lo- I, lo- I love that Corey pointed out that she's like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> she's impressed. She is. And, Yo, and- I just want to mention one thing she says during this scene. She says, "Sliced and diced like fine cuisine art." Yes, she does. Cuisine art. Cuisine, cuisine. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Mm. What? What are you mm. talking? I don't know. Someone. You know what? I, At I will, least she's I w- got those bangs, though. Those bangs. They're they're really red. I'm going to say this about someone who reads. This is not involving the movie at all. But I read this one time, and I agreed with it when I read it. And I say it to this day. Someone who mispronounces something that they're trying to say, it probably means that they've read it before and doesn't know, like, how it's pronounced. So, like, right. don't, like don't, don't shame them. Give them props for trying to say something that they don't know how to say. Cause I, I would read... just assume that, like, somebody mm-hmm. on set would be like, hang on. No, yeah, well, that's why I said excluding this because you should <laughs> fact check probably what you're going to say unless you intend on the character right. to, to not know how it. to say it, right? Yeah, and and we don't know, so it's just a funny. It, I'm glad you pointed that out too. That's it's just a funny line in the fucking movie, and and so that they're all like, you know what, the tall man, 
he's fucking taking bodies, he's squishing them down, he sends them off to God knows where, and um, they all decide, fuck, fuck all this, we're gonna all fuck each other, right? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Right quick, though. Mike and Liz, they're sleeping soundly, and then they start having a psychic conversation that then turns out to be a dream. <laughs> right? They this scene was dream. ridiculous. And it could and thankfully a lot of it got cut because it was gonna be way really? more ridiculous. Oh, no. Coscarelli's original vision was to have a dream sequence love scene between them. And because it was so difficult to film, he ended up cutting it, but they were gonna be like rolling around and, and doing it like like falling from the sky and then they land on like a beach and then they're like like in space and just like <laughs> and like and like I saw some of the 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 uh initial like rough footage and I'm like yeah like I don't know what you can salvage from this. It's pretty terrible. So thankfully he was like he was like, you know, in my head it looked great, but on on you know in practice it 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 wasn't gonna you know wasn't gonna I'll work <laughs> i also love how she says i love you and he totally ignores it yeah yeah and and the face he makes when he's like when she's like we're dreaming and he's like this is great yeah he's so stoked <laughs> so there i can't fucking... see that without laughing i literally just can't <laughs> they're, they're having their cut out dream orgy Right, and Reggie, Reggie, and fucking Alchemy are upstairs, just fucking making out with the bald heads, awkwardly oh, caressing man. him, rocking him around. I want to say too, Reggie's wife was on set that day. Yes, she was, and no, um, she, she, and and they filmed that scene for like six hours. Oh, okay. And Reggie, Reggie was full of whelps on his head. Like he talks about it in the commentary, and he's like. Yeah, guys, believe it or not, that was not a fun thing to do. That was not a fun scene to shoot because uh, it hurt. <laughs> well, she's it's like over- smacking his head. And yeah, shit. man. It's an over-the-top she, sex scene. It's she crazy. smacked the shit out of him for six hours on his bald head, and then he had to go talk to his wife after and be like, hey, hey, I'm done filming that. <laughs> she's like, can you wear a hat? <laughs> right. But so, the uh, so, the chick who plays Alchemy was talking about it. That was actually her idea because Coscarelli didn't have the foresight to try to explain why this hot chick would just randomly be interested in some middle-aged dude she had never met before. So she was like, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be ugly, like, but, you know, like, why would my character be interested in this middle-aged guy she's never met? And he was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe if you have any ideas, let me know. And she's like, maybe she's just into bald men, like in a really weird kinky way. So like a lot of that was just her, you know, like, like they worked together on that. And I thought that was, I cool. like that. I like that. She, yeah. Contributed that. That, that is yeah. cool. That's, again, and, like, and it speaks to Coscarelli. character development, man. And it, it speaks to Coscarelli as a, as a writer director, man, you know, like he, he can take, he can take advice from someone from another perspective and fucking roll with it. That, and that's what makes a film a good film is it, nine times out of ten is the creative effort. A good yes, collaboration. You know, you do have your your visionaries that that stick to the auteurs that stick to their thing and they're great on their own. But even they have someone whispering in their ears. Of them. course. Yeah, like I don't think there's there can't be a movie out there where 
everything that was written was on screen. Right. No, it's yeah, it seems impossible. It seems it based on knowing how movies are made, yeah, that seems highly, highly unlikely that it always came down to this is exactly what I envisioned, exactly what I wrote. Here it is. No, it's collaborative, man. Film's too big. It's too big. It's too big of a project unless you do it so small that you're the only one. I guess that would be the only case, but we're not talking about that. Anywho, yeah. so while this crazy sex scene is going on, this over-the-top, bald-headed, fetish sex scene, the grenade fucking goes off downstairs. Mike and Reggie kick into action. They're like handgun and chainsaw in hand. And it seems like it was probably a cat or something that set the fucking explosion off. <laughs> yeah. And this, some for some reason, makes Mike doubt all of their capabilities. Oh, like, yeah. He gets like, super bummed out about it, bro. All the shit that's happened so far is fine. <clears throat> but this cat, he's just like, oh, my God. He's like, who are we fooling, Reg? <laughs> you old bald-headed ice cream fuck. <laughs> that's the line. Oh man, he's like he's like we gotta we gotta turn tail, man. Alchemy and Liz are depending on us, but the tall man takes this opportunity to capture Liz from the second floor and oh, get her yeah. back into his hearse. And Mike and Reggie they give chase in the fucking Cuda. Hell yeah, they do. This is the second chase in the fucking franchise car yep. chase. Yep. And they pull up right alongside the hearse, and Mike like Reggie's just staring into the tall man's eyes and you get this fucking awesome tall man's like sneer right and mike's like well shoot the fucker right right that, that makes me laugh so hard and of, like, course, oh, yeah, and of and course yeah of course he doesn't <laughs> no the, the car the cuda flips and a, a tree catches on fire and they, they mike gets thrown from the car but he's he recovers pretty quick he's michael myers and right. <laughs> he, he runs over to the car and Reggie's like hanging upside down, still strapped into the seatbelt. Gasoline is pouring from the tank. It's approaching the fire at the tree. It, the, the flames are coming up. Mike is desperately trying to get and Reggie out. And this is out. like his first really heroic mo- moment from the movie because he's like, oh, just leave me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, bitch, you know you, you know you don't want him to leave you. You know you want him to cut that fucking seatbelt. <laughs> And they and they do barely in the nick of time get away and the fucking cuda is cooked. It blows yeah. the fuck up. And then they get over it real quick. Yeah. <laughs> right. Real quick. Yeah. Liz uh, is back at Paragord Mortuary and the tall man is wheeling her into the crematorium. And like her her fate awaiting her, dude, is a box of flesh rendering flames. Like just fucking yeah. melt that shit off. There's the mortician from earlier. He's gathering up ash and bone fragments from one chamber, igniting another. And Reggie and Mike, that's that's when they man up, and they're like, "Fuck this, dude! We're gonna we're gonna go in there and we're gonna fucking die trying." And I yep. love I I love that shit. They're like, "We're gonna kick ass," and they fucking go. That mortician, by the way, smashing down the bone fragments and stuff into the ash is emptying all that into a bag that's labeled. Mr. Sam Raimi, like to be yep. delivered to a Mr. Sam Raimi. And you can see in some scenes in this movie the Evil Dead influence, I think. Oh, of course. Definitely with the camera work. Yeah. Yes. Especially yes. with the uh, golden ball. I think it's yes. like, whoa. Yes. In your face. <laughs> Literally. A hundred fucking percent, man. I a hundred percent fucking agree. And so the mortician 
he tries to put Liz in the fucking burning chamber, and she's like, you know what? I've been pretending to be asleep. I ain't. I'm not unconscious. Fuck you. Right. She gets away, nails him in the crotch with, like, a shovel, and throws his ass in there. Like, fuck you. You're done. Oh, yeah. He goes in a lot easier than she she did. <laughs> oh, definitely. He, like, he almost, like, like... Like, like the fucking wheels were greased and he just slid oh, right in there. Yeah, know, he just fucking... <laughs> he goes. He goes all in. He's like, putting all my money on black. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck it. When Reg and Mike fucking enter, they, they notice that there's like this embalming equipment. And Reg is like, you know what? Hydrochloric acid. Let's just oh, see him yeah. try to reanimate anybody that's been embalmed with this shit. Right, boom. right. I love, I love using Boston as boom. Um, right. Mike, thanks, Mike thanks Reg. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Boss Tuna. Mike discovers a large iron door with a sort of keyhole that would fit from one of the tall man's flying spheres, and he's determined to get inside, speculating that this could be a door to the tall man's world. I, I, I think this. All is we really- have to do is catch one. And <laughs> says, "Yeah, good luck catching one, bud." <laughs> yeah, bud. I love it when they're taking it out of the towel and they're like, careful, careful, but it's not even moving. There's nothing going on, really. Right. <laughs> they're so well, fucking scared of them. <laughs> Liz and Mike run into each other again in the corridors and the mortician attacks them, but he's just fucking caught off guard by the silver spear, which catches his hand and drills oh, it. He, he, he chin checks the fuck out of, uh, <laughs> out of uh, Legro. <laughs> Bruh. That golden spear, though, or the snitch, if you want to go Harry Potter on it, that starts chasing Mike and Liz, and the mortician breaks away, leaving his hand and that that spear drilled into the doorway. And Reggie, at this point, is downstairs encountering a graver, and they begin a chainsaw duel. Come on, you mother! Yeah, Mandy Mandy shit right here, bro. Not many movies can pull off a chainsaw fight. um, No, no. Panos Panos Cosmatos was saying that Phantasm Two was one of the uh, one of the big influences for uh, Mandy. I agree. And you and you have a direct reference right here with you know the come on you mother and then the guys yeah. like oh yeah we'll check out this chainsaw that oh turns out it's longer than yours yeah. bud totally a dick joke right definitely <laughs> it, it's fucking rad. He's compensating for something. Like, not only is it a fucking chainsaw fight, but it's also a dick joke. (laughs) Like, that's that's, just good filmmaking. That's screenwriting gold right there. Right. So, yeah, now you get that Sam Raimi fucking camera work because the Golden Spear is just... Breaking down doors, partner. Yeah, man. (laughs) One after the fucking other. (laughs) Making (laughs) lightsaber sounds, too, man. Mike and Liz hide out in the storeroom, and the, the, the fucking Golden Sphere starts examining it with this red laser that destroys a mouse. Just completely fucking... <laughs> explosion. <laughs> mouse Yet blow. another explosion. Nope, that's the fucking fourth one. I think, um, the, mal- I think the rat explosion might be my favorite, honestly. Yeah, because oh, it's... <laughs> it's, it's, so- fucking, it's awesome. It's like house, house, car crash... Exploding mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Only phantasm, motherfucker. What else can we blow up? Fucking rat. <laughs> yeah. So they, they fucking bless escape me. again. Yeah, bless you. And they oh, get into sorry. the castle. Sorry. God bless me. Oh, oh yeah. Don't forget yeah. you, Lord. Right. Um, they escape into the casket showroom 
but the golden sphere burrows itself into the back of the mortician that's like in there jumping and fucking Mike and Liz. Best kill in the movie. Oh, this is definitely the best kill. Oh, dude, up his esophagus and gets jammed in the dead man's jaw. Fucking red. So red. You know, if that happened to the preacher, it would have just went right through the gap in his teeth. (laughs) (laughs) If you want me to to be a nitpicky son of a bitch, right here I'd say, well, it burst through fucking doors and shit. Why can't it get through jaws? You know what? The imagery is bet. Yes, it don't matter. The shot itself is is worth. This is probably a dream anyway. Fuck it. We're all dreaming here. We're all dreaming. Reggie's nearly killed. Okay, but he ends up victorious in this chainsaw duel with the Graver by yep. fucking shoving his chainsaw into the Graver's crotch. I um, want to say I like yeah. his ingenuity at deciding he's going to have a giant-ass bit on a fucking hand drill. Yeah. And the way he just digs it into homie's armpit, it's fucking mm-hmm. rad. Oh, but I'm kind of like, damn, dude, like you could have broke your wrist doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> or the not in a dream. Bit, but not in a dream. So, yeah, perfect. <laughs> Oh, that's a good yeah. that's a good point because only in a dream would a chainsaw fight ever actually work. Yep, yep. You know? <laughs> those, I'm those just I'm can. just saying. They don't I'm fucking just, clash easily at all. I mean, like if 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 you're using a chainsaw and you even think about hitting something that's not mm-hmm. wood, the chain will pop off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's just science. So it's just science. Immediately after fucking being victorious a horde of dwarves starts to chase Reg up the stairs, but he's like, fuck this. And Corey, here you go, man. He turns around and dispatches all of them with one blast from the quad barrel. Third best kill. (laughs) I like this shot. It's so, it's so surprisingly, it like, it doesn't piss, it doesn't piss me off at all. Cause like that would never fucking happen, but I like it. I love yes. how symmetrical it is, too. Yeah. It's just framed so perfect. fucking perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Mike retrieves the silver spear from the stuck hand of the mortician in the doorway uh, before catching up with Reggie. And outside, Alchemy hotwires the tall man's hearse while Hell she's yeah, on her she way does. out of town. And the heroes... She can hotwire my hearse, boy. You ain't bald enough, brah. <laughs> well, I got this mohawk going. Part, I'm, part of my stuff is bald. She can work thing. with that. She can work She's like, with let that. me see that hairline, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> let me see, let me that, see that Costanza. <laughs> that Costanza. Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> Shrinkage. 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 <laughs> I hope she There's... knows about shrinkage. That's all I got to say. Only 90s kids are going to know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> Can't stand you. Can't stand you. they they find their way back to the iron door and mike uses the spear to unlock the door and inside is this white room humming with an ominous tone two rods they are the only things inside the room along with several black barrels and inside dwarves the tall man bitch slaps the fuck out of red <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> and he tosses mike through the portal and then begins to choke out liz so he's yep. going on a on a fucking rampage dude yep. how cool is the bitch slap for real it's red no it's fucking red this if whole little scene is red if only pumpkin head was there to help oh god oh my god cool. 
Reggie saves Mike from the red hellish world on the other side of that portal, but not before you see the creepy, crawling, bloody dwarf that almost gets... I think, like how you said earlier that the movie established a sense of dread, I think that scene's actually kind of creepy. I I think... I. I love the way this movie portrays the red dimension, just whatever filter, whatever they use. I don't know technical terms, but just the way it all looks is so fucking cool. And um, yeah, this is the first movie where you actually get this, the, the vision from the spheres that actually shows like an infrared almost uh, layout of everything. Right, instead around. of just like the red tape or whatever they put over the from the first movie. Yeah. Because the first movie had the weird little semi-predator vision type of thing. This is full-blown predator vision. This is infrared. Like, I see all your heat. I see... Right. Yeah. So, uh, Mike retrieves the silver spear and throws it at the fucking tall man. I love how he's just like, this should work. Suck on this. Yeah. Again, only in a dream logic would someone be like, well, I can use this weapon against him, you know? Yeah, as if that motherfucker's not going to turn around and smash your face. Right. Dude. Exactly. Because, like, why wouldn't it do that? Yeah. Well, Dream logic. I mean, this and this movie this movie has a 100% pass on dream logic, you know, pretty much with anything. Based just on just like with at the beginning. Exactly. Just like at the beginning of 3, Reggie dumbassedly drops the shotgun when he <laughs> uses it in this one but in number th- in part three homie picks it up off the fucking ground out of thin air dream logic love it that's all that counts at this point because when he throws it back at the tall man that's when the tall man rips it away from his head after it gets a little bit of that yellow goo out and he crushes yeah, it like a fucking bro. beer can yeah he and does. just tosses it aside like dude i own this shit like you think this is gonna be the thing right and out of the, the hole that the, the sphere did penetrate into his head comes this insect-like appendage just yep. crawl, just oozing out. Mike grabs uh. it and rips it off while simultaneously Liz stabs the tall man in the back of the neck with the embalming fluid that Reggie earlier right. spiked with fucking hydrochloric acid. Which, and by the way, he- in this scene, when all that like yellow shit's coming out of him and his face is melting... Hard street trash vibes. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah man. this is melt moving material right here, this scene. Yep. Hundred percent agree. It it's was really interesting life. to see how, how like how they filmed all this and did all this. And like Angus Grimm was talking about it. He was like I had never had a part where I had to stand and scream in agony <laughs> over and over again. So agony like, scrim. It, it was kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah, so, <laughs> that's that's your, that's your rapper name. You'll be Agony Scrim. That's Agony actually Scrim. a sick rapper name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, he was saying it was really fun and interesting, and it, it I've got to say, without the music and the framing and everything, just just like you know, all right, cut, and the cameras are watching him, and suddenly he goes ah for, for minutes <laughs> on end was really entertaining. <laughs> Him melting like that, dude, and, like, falling down, and, and Reggie just starts again, just flamethrowing the fuck out of the hole. Oh, yeah. This is Reggie, Reggie goes full... <laughs> Reggie goes full on all... What's his name from TCM2? Oh, uh... uh, uh Dennis Hopper. 
Yeah, yeah, he goes full hopper. He's just like, burn it all down! Burn yeah. the house of the devil! <laughs> they burn it down to the point to where when they get to the front door, Alchemy shows up in the nick of time, like, get in the hearse, let's go. Hell yes, he so they does. they roll the fuck out. The tall man is oozing goo. He's burning alive. Fuck so him. fucking rad, these fucking effects, man. Yep. And we're in the hearse, and... Yeah, we are. There's a coffin in there, and Reggie's like, hey, man... From the front seat to Mike and um, make sure we make sure we we're alone. Make sure we don't don't have company. Yeah, like, so he like looks in. He's like, make sure whatever's in that thing is, is dead. Right, right. Yeah. It's like empty, and then they get happy again, and they're like, <laughs> time to this, fuck. This scene, this scene <laughs> reminds me of when when they <laughs> escape. <laughs> this scene reminds me of when they escape uh, uh, the Empire in in uh, Star Wars Episode 4 with Han Solo and Chewie. Like, mm-hmm. just the way, like, they're all so fucking thrilled to be alive. Like, like I don't know, like, I, I buy it. They're it, celebrating, man. I, I, I kind of buy it. Like, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. And, dude, like, just goddamn. Reggie's, like, Reggie just fucking starts laying on the lines, too. Yeah. And we're coming up to... It's the reveal. A fucking amazing ending. <laughs> yeah, Al- Alchemy pulls back some of her hair, and the flesh falls off. And it's 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 apparent now that that the tall man is up to his lady and lavender tricks. He is right. also a shapeshifter. He is Alchemy. The the car the hearse suddenly comes to a stop, and and Mike and Liz are like, "What the fuck is going on?" A bloody Reggie pounds on the window and falls to the ground on the side of the road, bloodied, battered, beaten, left for dead because the hearse takes off and Mike and Liz are trying to reassure themselves, this is just a dream. It's a dream. Yeah. And then comes the best fucking line in the movie. No, it's not. It's so (laughs) simple, but the way it fucking happens, the way the scene plays out. Yes. Oh my God, is that a powerful line? It's, It's a great ending, you know, and... I don't think I it's as good as the ending from the first movie, but it's, well, it's fucking close. It it's, is the same ending because the couple is ripped through the back door of the black back glass yes, of the hurt. Yes. So you do get that. So now. rad. That's the ending for this chapter in the Fran- Phantasm saga. So guys, final thoughts. Let 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 let's go round table with this. Um, I'll. I, who wants to go first? I could go first, but I don't know. Like oh, I'm gonna say honestly, when I first saw this movie, I was disappointed, and I think I gave it a six and a half on my initial viewing. I've come I've come up. So oh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. This movie is way more entertaining than I first thought it was. I have a lot less issues with some of the problems I had the first time. A lot of that has to do with the fact that we touched on seeing the entire franchise as a whole and knowing what you're dealing with counts. Right. But what you're dealing with is talent and effort just unbridled, unleashed. 
the whole right. way through. And that's, again, revealing a little bit of my hand going forward. But you know what? I don't think it's going to change. I think it's going to grow. No, I don't think it's going to change for me either. <laughs> like this movie did. Um, I'm coming in with an 8.5 out of 10 for Phantasm 2. Really? I, yeah, uh, this movie's awesome, dude. This this movie's filled with memorable lines, memorable scenes, awesome effects, awesome cinema. No, cinematic. it's not. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a dumb joke. <laughs> <laughs> awesome score. It, Fuck it, yeah, it the score is great. It's the original ramped up, but without, it's just ramped up. Yeah, it's without the rawness of the original. So, right. I give the original. A, a I do like the original. Higher. I do like the original better, though. I mean, a lot better. Oh, were you saying just based on the score? No, no. Oh, overall, not. okay. Oh yeah, well, I, I like this. Yeah. I like both a lot better. But this was fucking rad too. The score and all that. I'm sorry. Continue. That's my rating. Eight and a half out of ten. I love this it. Is, worthy fucking sequel for sure hell yeah you know like i mean i basically have the same feelings you do um i was bummed because i really wanted more of the first movie um there's a lot of elements that are in there that were basically dropped completely from this one and a lot of the janky ass fucking studio interference was jarring and weird but in the grand scheme, like this, this is just another fantastic chapter in the franchise. Uh, I'm I'm gonna split the difference. I was at a nine for this, and I started to come down to an eight five after the last watch. But I'm gonna go ahead and do something I don't normally do, and I'm gonna give this an eight and five eighths. Very specific. <laughs> yeah, five eighths. Just a little bit more than half. Yep. And if you use the metric system, we'll call it an eight and... <laughs> well, you know what? We'll just call it a 13 millimeter in metric. That's Is that doing. right? Is that right, Corey? I, I don't know. <laughs> I could go... I could go... I've got a set of he wrenches. Used, I can go look, but... No, he uses that witchcraft, so... The witchcraft? What, <laughs> yeah. Anywho... Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give this uh, 8.75. This movie is fucking fun. It has some of the best kills of the franchise. has some of the best effects of the franchise. I was really bummed out about James Legro being Mike at first. I've come to accept it. He's, he's, a, he's a fine actor. And honestly, when we do get... When we do get a, <laughs> a Michael Baldwin back at first... It, it was it, it's a little it was a little disappointing <laughs> to begin with because he he's kind of like a, a Nosferatu oh, version of the t- <laughs> oh shit yeah when it, when he comes when he comes back in part three he kind of looks like the tall man himself anyway so we're not we're not gonna get him for part three now <laughs> oh shit yeah that's true <laughs> cut cut nope nope it's staying in <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't like the joke. Well, then sorry, Michael Baldwin. You're not part of the nightclub. I've heard him in interviews, and he seems like he's got a pretty good sense of humor. But, uh, yeah, you know, this whole franchise just has ups and downs and ebbs and flows. And you've got to take it all for granted like a rock person. Because if you don't, (laughs) then, you know. No. Well, Well, what? 
Well, then you better fucking learn, bitch. They erode. <laughs> they erode. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll erode. <laughs> mud flood. You mud flood your ass straight to... <laughs> Tartaria. Straight to Tartaria, bro. That's where, the, that's where Jebediah Morningside's from. Bro, no, probably uh, so, honestly. Well, Corey, what are, you, what are you coming with as far as a rating for Phantasm 2? I'm going to say a 9 and a 10. Yeah, it's one of my favorites in the franchise. Uh, That one kill where it goes up his body and almost out through his mouth, that fucking scene is so sick. Mm. It always sticks in my head. It's one of the most memorable scenes in the whole franchise. And Um, you get another very evil dead shot with him flying towards the camera and everything. uh That whole, that whole thing, that whole kill is fucking amazing. Yeah. Plus that chainsaw fight, that's that's fucking six points right there. Yeah. This movie did a lot with, with restraints, and I think that's because Don Coscarelli did have a vision going into it, and they let him do a lot of what he wanted, but, you know, again, budgetary shit probably fucked some stuff up. But sure. all in all, man, like, I gave it an 8.5. Ricky gives it an 8, 7.5. Like, that's fucking, you know, come on, dude. And then... Poltergeist himself gave it a nine out of ten. Hell yeah! That's that's all the more reason to go fucking watch the movie. Damn I, I, video. I, no, yeah. Well, and the fucking videos again. Third time we're gonna get this shit tonight. Poltergeist OD, fucking YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Slasher. Get on this shit, man. Find find his music, please. And if you I don't, think. then fuck you, no, well, bitch. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, you brat bitches for not checking the show notes because they're all they're all gonna be in there. Um, there's no excuse. There's no I'm real the- excuse other than you're lazy and I'm and, dying. And- <laughs> <laughs> I just want to thank you again, man. Like for real, being on the show for the second time. We loved you the first time. Love fuck having you, you on. Love talking about just your music and horror movies, everything else. Poltergeist is very active in the horror community. Please follow him on Instagram, like, for real. The best part, and me and Ricky always say this, is just being able to talk to people like you. Like, just fans of shit, man, that love it and do something creative. All creators, well, they should be. All creators are fans before creators. At least, like I said, at least they should be, right? Yeah, totally. I'm more of a fan of other people's music than my music. I'm not going to go around and say I'm the best fucking rapper in Canada or this and that, but that would be very Jesus of you to do. Young Peasy. I've said it on the show show, and I'll say it again. Best horrorcore rapper. I know. Look, yeah. And I don't want to know the other ones. I don't even want to know. know. Bunch of bitches. Bunch of bro you're just gonna have to name this episode (laughs) (laughs) just brr 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 i'm not gonna lie y'all giving me a lot of gold i don't know what the episode (laughs) this shit has been fucking awesome man like for real i love i love this shit alopeciophilia oh it's (laughs) agrilarophilia no agularophilia there's so many things it's (laughs) it's crazy thank you all for being on the show thank you poltergeist od mr Corey clark hardcore rapper he's got other projects going on follow him please like youtube for real obscene division 
check check out the whole group like for real fuck yeah um th- th- this shit is popping <laughs> and popping I'm, I'm, and locking <laughs> woke bangs and- harder than liz's hair yes <laughs> slapping bangs <laughs> slapping bangs and bald heads <laughs> <laughs> i've been travis maxwell boone i'm your your balding ex uh, uh pest control technician from the new york city <laughs> area overnight and i've been joined by i've been king alligator on a natter days estate also known as false cult rick also known as stephen kingpin and our very special guest this evening poltergeist od aka mc boogie down yes (laughs) (laughs) and let's not also let's not also forget to shout out our uh our newly mentioned um, Agony Scrim. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm Agony Scrim, too. <laughs> yeah. If I saw Agony Scrim on a bill, I'd check that out. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> what are we embracing? Uh, um, explosions. Splo- embrace the explosions. Embrace the sploge. <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Dew. No. Mountain Dew. I'm horny like a <laughs> spider monkey coming for you. Oh, oh. shit. <laughs> Mountain Dew. In a kind of sort of horny way, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Stay kind of sort of horny, all you spooky bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fantastic. Big bit fantastic. Poltergeist. God damn it, I can't stand it. Don't fear, don't fear the black cast of last chance to command action, action. Already did cancel that random death rattle, shaking like I'm having back spasms. Better leave ransack a memory last atom, hunted like Patch Adams on fire like a bad batch of Samsung. I can take you to a place that's so much worse than hell. So what hurt your will and burn you well? The funeral's about to begin, sir, and it was worth the kill. It starts in the cemetery, ends with the play, ends with the fades end in my way. You can see the evil spreads like a plague. Come and see oblivion, I beg you to stay. Boy, you can see a casket or two. The just ravage your collapse and the mold breaks fears of fear near for path to get through little hood of creatures for handling you welcome to the cult kill them all kill them all kill them sell them have a pulse we're all cannibals you don't have the balls knock you off your fucking pedestal cross-dimensional intellectual dangerous with your reflection pulled through yourself your pulse vibrating like angel dust uh, no fakes with us uh, come get insane the rains with us main with us uh, Come get insane, the rains with a spade Lord of the dead, Lord of the dead You can wake up in the coroner's bed This is the hour for mourning and dread Drain all the blood that was stored in his head Lord of the dead, Lord of the dead You can wake up in the coroner's bed This is the hour for mourning and dread Drain all the blood that was stored in his head I just need a tuning fork in a pen Undertaker under stress, you're in over your head Over the hill with a ball and a spike Right, Mike, I'ma open your friends Oh, don't, don't get involved then Try and take a shotgun to the tall man Woolly shotguns a tall can Conjures a black hole and kicks your fucking walls in I'm so deadly, Reggie Not so friendly, Reggie I am death directly, Reggie I will fucking end this, Reggie Cause when the game is finished, that's when you die A part of me of being every tear that you cry I'll be inside every mirror nearby Open your eyes while I open the skies Open your minds, literally And figuratively And figuratively I'm making the killer, replacing the living I'm breaking in acres and acres of villains For real, I'm a different breed I'ma give them a different reason And deep in the ceiling Sticking the needle so deep in the tissue It breaches the bone till it reaches the core And it eats to 
brain Whenever the time frame You're never in my lane I really get high brain Mr. Scrim Never forget my name High brains brown Eyes sharp as a side blade Lord of the dead Lord of the dead You can wake up In the coroner's bed This is the hour For mourning and dread Drain all the blood That was stored in his head Lord of the dead Lord of the dead You can wake up In the coroner's bed This is the hour For mourning and dread Drain all the blood That was stored in his head bummed out that I can't see either one of y'all right now. Just wanted to put that out there. I'm sa- I'm saving my phone's battery for the moment because that's how I'm recording this, so Right, right. I, I will come back on towards the end of this, but for right now I have to conserve. I got you. You conservationist. You. I'm hotspotting my laptop from my phone yeah, right yeah, now. Corey, so. Corey, I don't know if you know this. <laughs> Corey, Corey has a power outage. Oh fuck. Yeah, yeah. man. I didn't fucking know. No, sitting I in didn't. the dark over here. God damn. He's, He's doing this nightclub style for real. Dude, I'm telling you, you're a trooper. That's, Fuck that's yeah. fucking rad. 